Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week, I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals, world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness, and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine Weinbrenner-Eirich, and this is The Soul of Travel. Julie Hainan is the owner and founder of Ride the Earth, a mountain bike tour operator based in Bozeman, Montana. Julie has been a mountain biker and world traveler for more than 20 years and an international adventure guide for 17 years. She started operating tours with her primary company, Earth Vision Travels, in 2007. She is a certified mountain bike coach a licensed EMT, and personally guides and coaches many of her company's adventures. She's also been a ski patroller for 14 years and is trained in mountain rescue and emergency response. Above all else, Julie loves life and has a passion for people and travel. She loves sharing incredible experiences with her guests and inspiring them to go after their dreams, live big, and expand their comfort zones. In our conversation, we uncover a bit of magic and serendipity in life and in travel. She shares the journey that led her to founding Earth Visions and later Ride the Earth, and why she is so passionate about creating a space for women to fall in love with mountain biking. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Julie Hainan. Welcome to Soul of Travel. I am very excited to be sitting down with a fellow Montanan today, which is really exciting. Julie Hainan is joining me and Julie is a mountain biker and world traveler and um, has been an adventure guide for 17 years um, and also started two companies, um, Earth Visions Travel and uh, later Ride the Earth. So we're going to talk about all of these things and her journey and this process today. So uh, welcome, Julie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And Julie is another one of these fun, serendipitous connections in my life. I think we just kept seeing each other posting either on Instagram or LinkedIn. I'm not really sure where. And I just remember thinking, wait, who's this other kind of adventure travel woman in Montana, which always speaks to my heart. And so we just reached out to each other probably, I think, a little over a year ago, actually, and 
had a great initial conversation and decided that we wanted to bring it to this space. So I'm really grateful that you're here to do that. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Well, as we get started, I would love to give you the space to introduce yourself, Julie. Just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and who you are in travel right now, and then we'll dive deeper in a little bit. Yeah. So I am Julie Hainan, and I'm from Bozeman, Montana, born and raised in Bozeman, which these days is a bit of a unicorn, but uh, I am one of the real ones. Yeah. So I run, uh, currently I run Ride the Earth, which is a multi-day mountain bike tour company. I I take people on multi-day trips uh, in Southern Utah and uh, Peru, Costa Rica, and soon to be Japan. I just waiting on getting past the pandemic a little bit further before we do Japan. And then I also run Earth Visions Travel, which is through Earth Visions. I run custom private adventures for families, couples, small groups, and it's all it's all purely custom. So I talk to my clients and I come up with a plan for something that's that's just for them and their family. And, and that as well, I do trips in Montana and Costa Rica, Peru, and Southern Utah as well. And then locally in Montana with Red the Earth, I also do some mountain bike skills clinics for women and uh, work to get more people out on bikes as much as I can. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. I love that you mentioned that you're born and raised in Montana, which I'm so sad that I ever left because now I don't have, like, I can't hang on to that, but I'm like, I will always be forever. I still have my 406 phone number, which I will hang on to as well. Hold on to that as long (laughs) as you can. (laughs) Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, for those of you listening that aren't familiar, Montana has definitely seen a shift much like, I guess, many other more off the grid or rural places, especially the last two years. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. But I think for you and I, there was a commonality in growing up in Montana and being a part of a place that was really a destination for others, but living there. And I think this will probably come up later, but like what, how that shaped our view of tourism and how we wanted to engage in community and things like that. So let's start a little bit about your background, where travel found you growing up in Bozeman. And I know like you really began traveling after college, but let's walk through that part of your journey. Yeah. So growing up in Bozeman after high school, I basically, when I kind of started really getting into the travel industry, well, I, I should back up. Um, I I really discovered a love for travel after high school. I kind of, I think growing up, I had a little bit of a wanderlust. I think in, in Montana at the time, I felt very away from the world. We were kind of in a, you know, it was this little nook of the States where, you know, fairly rural. And, um, and I always, you know, I saw the rest of the world as this bright and shiny place. And, uh, and growing up, you know, I started learning about the Aztecs and the Incas and the Mayans and ancient cultures. And I started getting really intrigued about places like Mexico and South America and Egypt. And after high school, I decided I just, I needed to go and explore. And I went to Mexico for the first time. And, uh, really, I remember having a great, 
charades conversation with someone because I didn't speak Spanish and they didn't speak English. And we ended up having this awesome conversation, but it was all through basically charades and trying to speak two different languages. And it was really fun. And we had this cool experience, but I went home and I was like, I need to learn Spanish. (laughs) And so I, in, in college, I decided to do a study abroad and I went and I moved to Chile for a year because in Montana that, you know, we have quite a bit of diversity in Montana now, but compared to when I was younger, there really wasn't much. And so I knew if I wanted to learn Spanish, I wanted to go to South America. So I moved to Chile for a year and, um, and got to hike through the mountains in the Andes. And honestly, that was, that experience was what really opened my eyes to what the world is, how, how diverse it actually is. Like in my mind, I think I had this vision, much like a lot of people that have never been to Latin America, I had no idea how different every single country in Latin America was. And I was living in Chile and I had four day weekends every weekend. And so a friend of mine and I, we would go and just kind of pick new locations to go and explore. We went to Bolivia, we went to Ecuador, we went to Argentina, we went on many multi-week backpacking trips. And and I just, I really like Bolivia was a big one for me where I really, I mean, it smelled completely different. The poverty level was completely different. And just that, you know, the food in every country in Latin America is slightly different. And there's just nuances that are completely related to their culture. And I just came back from that experience fascinated. And, and I wanted to share that with people. I came back, I did this whole slideshow on on South America and the differences between the different cultures. And, and that was something that was just, it was a really lasting impression for me where it was something that it just really opened my eyes and where I saw the world differently than I had ever learned in a book. And, uh, and that really kind of started my journey on a lot of, on a lot of levels. Um, I did go back and, and I went to school at MSU and, and I did get a degree in Spanish, but my main degree is exercise science and, uh, and nutrition, which is very different from a Spanish background as well. But they actually go together really well with what I do now, which is kind of, kind of interesting. Yeah, I love that about people's stories where you have these things and you're like, well, I love this thing. And I also love Spanish. And it seems like it might be helpful. So I'm going to go ahead and grab that and put that in my toolkit. And then I love this thing. And I had this experience. And you're like, what am I going to make with this? And then like 10 years later, you're like, oh, this is the thing. <laughs> actually makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So you had this experience traveling. And I also I really love and resonate with this idea of like how we think we see the world. And again, like having this very similar background to you growing up in Montana, we grew up like five hours apart from each other, but very similar settings and Like, I also had this idea that like the world was out there and like, there has to be something else. I I know there is like, I've seen the magazines, I've obsessed over National Geographic and, Mm -hmm. and um, like very much was also similarly like cultures. It wasn't just that I wanted to go to South America or something, but I, I really was like, I'm curious about Aztec, Inc. and Mayan culture, Aboriginal culture, Indigenous culture, like I just, there was something there that was speaking to me that I really needed to understand. And so I think also having that like sense of connection to people and to land, like set me out on a different path than maybe some travelers. And I feel like perhaps that's the same for you as this 
just like real need to connect and understand. Yeah, that was a big part for me. I mean, you know, I think, you know, coming back to our our roots and the way we're raised, you know, for me, it was always a really powerful subject, you know, learning about the the stories of the Native Americans growing up in Montana. It's a very huge part of our history here. And so as I learned about indigenous cultures in other countries, it was something that was very fascinating to me, you know, and and actually I've had some really amazing experiences in Costa Rica where the timeline where the indigenous people are are fighting for certain rights is is happening. It's more fresh than it is in our country where it's a little bit, the stories are a little bit older and a, and a lot more change has happened. And so these types of things really fascinated me. A lot of it had to do with getting to know people. You know, it was, I'll never forget one conversation I had with this. I was in the salt flats in Bolivia and we were doing this multi-day Jeep tour. And this was back when I was in college and I was still kind of just exploring the place. And we picked up this woman who needed a ride across the salt flat. And she was, she was talking to me about how we were we had stopped on this little island where there were some people selling artisan crafts and there was some people that were selling toilet paper for the restroom and they, you know little things that people were doing to try and make a living off of the little bit of tourism that was going by and this woman was talking to me about how she wanted to do something and how she made these textiles and 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 it was just so interesting to me that this woman o- opened up to me and this was later on as i was starting to learn spanish and so this was a very powerful moment for me where all of a sudden i was hearing the stories from a local who was telling me of her challenges and the things that she wants to do. And, you know, and she see, she was, it was like, we we were looking at the world from two different points, but similar eyes of like, there's more out there. I want to do more. Like, what can I do? And we were having this little conversation and it was a, that moment was more lasting to me than the photos I took of the salt flats, which were also really cool, but it was just, it was really powerful for me to just sit and actually have someone share some of their stories with me. Hey listeners, it's Christine. Did you know that I have a book club? Actually, it's really more than a book club. It's a book sojourn. I launched my virtual book club in 2021 and it was such a powerful and valuable experience. We decided to bring it back again this year. This is a journey meant to inspire travel, create cultural awareness, and offer personal growth experiences from the comfort of your home or wherever you may be in 2022. Each moment we spend reading is a moment that endures in our bones. Reading wakes us up. Reading transports us to another world, another experience, or another perspective. Reading leaves us changed forever. Imagine who you will be at the end of this sojourn. Last year, women said it was one of the most powerful experiences they had. You can join us beginning in July for the last six months of this journey. Soul of Travel listeners will get a bonus call with me to welcome you to this experience and set our attentions and begin to build new community. Does this sound like the type of experience you've been craving? Visit lotussojourns.com backslash women's book club to join this unique travel experience today. Now let's hop back over to our soulful conversation. I agree. I feel like those things that kind of 
sit within me that I carry forward are those conversations. And especially when you really get to that point where it's not a superficial conversation where someone's really opening up and sharing. And then, you know, you, you have a moment where you have a shared experience of, of a similar passion or purpose or just a a similar ish experience which is really unifying, but then you also get to to hear these differences in our lives and understand. And as I was reflecting on my travel history, those were always the moments that I'm like, oh, that thing, and then that one, and then that one. And really, as I set out to create my company, I was like, what if we did that? Like, what if that didn't just happen once on a trip? But what if we created a whole trip around trying to facilitate those deeper connections. And I think, again, I think that shows up in how you create your experiences, you know, while mountain biking is, is a huge part of what you're doing. There's always this layer in your mind of how you want people to connect to a place. Absolutely. Before we get there, I wanted to talk a little bit more about, um, so you've, you've traveled, you've come back to the U S and, I know that you kind of had a few moments that put you on this trajectory towards tourism. And I don't know if you want to talk about either. I have a note about a serendipitous moment at an import store in Ohio, which I love that that's my note. I feel like that's the greatest caption ever. I hope you wanted to maybe share that and we can see how that moves you along. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I do think that my, my story very much hinges on an incredibly serendipitous moment that happened to me. And I think that there's, in all honesty, a lot of serendipitous moments happen in my life, but this was a really big one. And and it was, it was so in my face. Well, I'll just tell you the story. So essentially, after I was living in Chile, I moved back to Montana and finished out my degree. And while I was doing my last couple of years of college, I, I did do some, I did some team building i i like i was a um uh, i did like an internship with a team building program where i was doing leadership development work and then i was also a part of what was called expeditions where we would take people on we would take incoming freshmen on backpacking trips um mountain biking trips we did a couple ski trips and things and i was a guide for that and and i guess i was just kind of like putting some of the building blocks in place for what was going to come next and as i was getting ready to graduate it was Christmas vacation and I was going to visit a friend in Ohio. And a week before I left, I was on campus and ran into somebody that I knew that was asking me, you know, oh, you're graduating this year. What are you going to do when you graduate? And it was like in that very moment, it, the idea came to me and I said, you know, I think I want to go guide in Costa Rica. And I don't even know where Costa Rica came from. I kind of heard of Costa Rica when I was living in Chile but I didn't really know anything about the country. I just knew that it was tropical and that it was warm and it sounded like a neat place to go. And so it was like, I just pulled it out of the ether and said, yeah, I think this is what I want to do. And a week later I was in Ohio and I was wandering around downtown in this little town outside of Cleveland. And I walked into an import store that had all these import goods from Thailand And I was walking around looking at things and this man in the store approached me and he obviously pegged me for someone that didn't live in this small town in Montana. I think it had to do with my Gore-Tex 
trail runners and my Patagonia and whatnot. And he's like, where are you from? You're not from here. And I said, oh, I'm from Montana. And we got into this conversation about skiing and biking and hiking in the mountains and all this stuff. And the conversation was just rolling in about for about 20, 30 minutes, something like that. And, and, uh, and towards the end of the conversation, all of a sudden, he handed me a business card and said, I'm looking for an adventure guide in Costa Rica this summer. If you think you'd be interested, I think you'd be perfect for the job. And I pretty much had to pick my job off the floor. And, uh, and just it, it was one of those moments where it was like so many things just clicked at the same time. And so I went and I looked at the website and it was it was exactly what I was looking for. And so I ended up going to Costa Rica that summer and guiding all summer. And, and then they ended up uh, offering me a full time year round position. And I started it was basically the kickoff to me guiding internationally and really was the kickoff to to getting in the travel industry for me. But it really did start with this kind of powerful moment where it was like I just threw it out there and a week later they it was just dropped into my lap and it was I don't know in a way I guess I've always kind of felt that uh, you know it was almost like a like a destined moment or something. But I like to call it serendipity. Yeah, I love it. That's also one of my favorite words. So we'll just, we can call it that. Um, I think that's so amazing. And I think there's such, I don't know, I, I really believe in the the power of the universe to do something like that, to just be like, Costa Rica. And you're like, Costa Rica, that's what I'm doing. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. And then just to have it show up, I, I think it, it really is amazing. And I think that that process of trusting that is something that's so important. And I think becomes really important as you probably for you too. I know in my own trajectory, as you become an entrepreneur to like, you'll hear these things. And sometimes you're like, that one's gotta be crazy. (laughs) And then, and then it just like keeps coming up and you're like, okay, let's like, this is the next thing. I guess this is what we're going to do. Or, you know, just as these things line up and you, you kind of can't shake the magic of them. Like you realize, like, it doesn't happen to everyone that one week you magically think of this country you've kind of heard of. And the next week someone offers you your dream job there. Like you just, there's just something about that energy swirling around you. That is such an amazing place to be. It is. It even like still gives me a little chills right now. Just hearing you kind of uh, replay it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Cause I um, agree. I think there are moments like that that are so powerful and they just, when they present themselves to you, you should, you should grab them. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely say I will second that is like, don't let reason jump in there and, and hijack your magic. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a really good way of putting it. Um, cause I'm, I'm definitely, I think I was a, a, a natural hi- hijacker of magic early in my life. And so I think we all do that, right? We get our, we let our minds get in, in the way, you know, it's that little voice that comes in and says, well, what about this? And what about that? And have you thought about this? And have you thought about that? And it's like, well, but it's all just sitting here and waiting for me to take a step forward. Sometimes you just have to take those steps forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you worked there, you mentioned you were there for several years, and this was really the catalyst. So how did you end up coming back to Montana and, um, you know, kind of begin creating your own company? Yeah, so it was, it was really a, 
an element of timing that happened. I, you know, I worked with this company around for, for many years and I, and I ended up doing kind of many different elements of, of work for them. I would, I would guide for them. I would, I would help design trips. I went on the road and I did sales and, and I kind of did a variety of different things for them. But then it really got to a point where at the time in that company, the sort of the trajectory where I was headed, you know, I was, I was part-time based in Ohio and then, uh, and then I was guiding in Costa Rica where I was getting to go to all these amazing places, but they really wanted me to do some more administrative work, which at the time I, I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to move in that direction a hundred percent. And, uh, and, and really it was my, like, we just kind of reached a point in time. Where it was like, it was time for me to go do something else. And I wasn't sure what that something else was. And so um, I decided to move back to Montana and just, I felt like once I got back to Montana, I could kind of regroup, get my feet on the ground and decide what my next move was. And so I did. And when I came back to Montana, I, essentially it, it didn't take long that I started having people reach out to me and say, Hey, I'm going to Costa Rica or I know some, someone who's going to Costa Rica. I hear you know a lot about it. Could you help us plan our vacation? And, you know, this kind of, this kind of goes back around to what we were talking about, you know, the elements of how we're brought up and where we live and, and that makes us who we are today. And, and growing up in Bozeman was always kind of one of these places where there are so many amazing things to do here. And I watch my whole life, I've watched tourists come into Bozeman and go to Yellowstone Park and go to kind of these key places. And there's and those are the places that me as someone who lives here, I never go to those places. I mean, I go to Yellowstone when people come to visit, you know, you have to take people to, to Yellowstone because it's so amazing. But uh, but there's all these other incredible places that are so cool that, that aren't, you know, they might be in guidebooks now and whatnot. But, you know, it was just there was so many places that were, you know, what we would sort of coin off the beaten path. Right. And so that was always really like when I lived in Chile, that was how I traveled around, I would kind of look at a map and be like, okay, we're going to go to this little place. Now, what else is there? You know, you'd read through the Lonely Planet and then start, you know, filtering through the lines. Like, but what else is there? What else is there? You start to talk to people, but what else is there? And so that was really a, a style of travel for me. And so as people started coming to me and saying, oh, you know, I want to go to Costa Rica. Well, when I was guiding down there, I would always stay for an extra month or so. And I would go, live with friends in this small town that are now like family to me. And, and I would go to all these other little places that weren't necessarily sort of that common place you would go to. And so I started just helping people design their vacations and it really just kind of created itself in a way, but it was, it was always deeply rooted in just kind of how I see travel. Essentially the gist of it was the kind of stepping stone that I took from you know, working for another company to, to starting my own business was, you know, people reaching out to me and, and asking me to create the type of vacation that is really my style of a vacation. And, and I discovered that there was a, there was an interest and a need for people that want to kind of just do it a little bit more, uh, a little bit more custom and a little bit more private and a little bit more just small format, you know, just just a family. Because at the time when I first started doing it, that that type of travel wasn't very popular. But it was it was really sort of the avenue that 
brought me into being an entrepreneur and starting my own business, which originally wasn't something that was a goal of mine. It was almost more like it was presented to me. Okay. And, uh, and then I walked into it. Yeah. <laughs> so just kind of kept going. And then I've discovered that it is something that, you know, truly is what makes me feel alive on a lot of levels. So, yeah, I love that. Again, it's kind of like, I mean, no other, no entrepreneur really wants to hear that your business was handed to you when they like struggle to create something. But at the same time, like, it's so amazing when that happens. I kind of feel that way with this podcast, like it was never my intention. It just kind of happened at the beginning of the pandemic where I was like, let me just talk with a few people about why I think travel is really important, why we need to be thinking about it even when we're not traveling, you know, and then it just kind of went from there. And now like, I'd be really sad if I hadn't done this, this feels like a really true expression of myself. And so I think that's, I think what people could really tap into again is kind of that listening and being aware Yeah. Well, and I always think it has to do with, you know, if if you're taking, if you're taking steps forward that are true to who you are as a person, you're going to, you're going to find the synergy with where you, where you want to be going. You know, like I've, I've honestly, in my life, I've used this metaphor many times, uh, which is going to sound really cheesy, but I remember when you and I talked before, we talked about how we grew up watching uh, like Indiana Jones and, uh, and I always think about that moment. I think it's Indiana Jones in the last crusade where he's looking for the Holy Grail and, or it's Indiana Jones and the Holy Grail. I don't know, but he's on the edge of this cliff and there's nothing there. And he needs to make this like faithful step forward. And it's, as he makes that step forward, the, the bridge just appears, you know, and it's, and it's sort of an image that has, has resonated with me multiple times. Cause I, I feel like there have been times where it's like, I feel like I need to go in this certain direction. And as an entrepreneur, you don't always see with clarity where you're going. And sometimes it's this leap of faith. And, and so I do, I think it's that moment where it's like, you take in the information that's coming to you. You know, I I had a long conversation with a friend of mine a while back where I said, you know, Oh, back when I was in college, I never said, Oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. Oh, I think I'm going to be a business owner. And he's like, Oh, when you became a business owner, that didn't surprise me at all. It just seemed like you were destined for that. And I was like, Oh, why didn't I see that coming? <laughs> you know, but it's almost like, you know, like you said, like sometimes maybe the universe just kind of, as long as you're, you know, like as long as you're taking steps in the direction of your, of your dreams and your passions, like something will click and take right. you where you need to go. Right. And it's not as if it's like, the energy and the creation are what are destined, but the path isn't set. So as long as you're just like cultivating that, that's what is expected of you, or that's what's in alignment for you. And it can look a lot of different ways. But like, as you move forward, again, kind of like pulling all these things in, you just start shaping what it will eventually come to be. But it's really the idea of, of the energy that's really the really important aspect. Yeah. Um, I love that. That's so good. And that picture, oh my gosh, that just kills me. But I think I've stood on that cliff as well. <laughs> I've just been like, the thing, let's do it. I feel like I'm standing there all the time, actually. But yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> the more the more I build my businesses, the more I find myself on that cliff, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I guess the good thing is, is like, if it happens a few times that it rises up to meet you is you do have more faith in that like you you trust again, you trust yourself, which I think it comes back 
to that same space. Um, well, I would love to then start to talk about how did you transition into this focus on mountain biking and really creating community for women and bringing women into this sport, which I really loved when we talked before you talked about. Um, and I personally resonated with this because you're like, women often get into mountain biking because they're doing it with their partner or their boyfriend. Or like, for me, it was like a first date activity that happened all the time in Montana. Ask me why, <laughs> I don't know. But I was definitely doing it because of that. And in that space, it felt very much like I kind of didn't belong there. I was like this tagger, tag along. I was doing it to like, fit in or impress someone, but I maybe didn't know because it wasn't a sport I had already started and was confident in. Um, and so you talked about to me a little bit that that seems to be something you've heard often and you really wanted to create a space where women kind of owned their power in this sport. Yeah. So I got into mountain biking. I, I was always on the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, again, growing up in Bozeman, I I had lots of guy friends and, and I loved to play in the outdoors. And so I was always going skiing and climbing and biking with my guy friends. And, and that was a very, that was a very normal thing for me. And I fell in love with mountain biking as soon as I, as soon as I tried it, it was all the things that I didn't know I needed. <laughs> and, uh, and so it became something that I was very passionate about. And as I was, as I started Earth Visions and I was designing these these trips for families and groups, there was a point in time, and I think this this moment happens to you when you're a business owner, and especially, you, you know, from my perspective, I I was creating something that that didn't really exist at the time, and I didn't, you know, and I was just kind of, well, you know, this is how I would do it if I was going to Costa Rica, like this is how I would do it if I was going to this particular place. And, you know, and I'd want to throw in this extra little special something and, you know, and I was just kind of creating the recipe based on what really sparked my soul. But then, and, and then it became this really cool conversation with my clients of, you know, okay, how do we bring in this because you really like horseback riding or how do we bring in this because, you know, so I feel like as a business owner, you kind of reach this point sometimes where you have to really question why you're doing what you're doing. What is your focus? What is your niche? And, and, and where is your passion? And, and so I had, I sat down with myself and I had a really honest conversation because where I was at wasn't a hundred percent synergistic with where I wanted to go. And, and when I sat down and had that honest conversation with myself, there was this resounding, like, I need more mountain biking in my life. That was the one thing that was missing. Travel is very much a part of my soul, but mountain biking is my, my true passion. So I started because I had already been doing it on the side. Like I would go down to Costa Rica and I would run trips and I would always just stay longer so that I could go mountain biking. And then I started going to these other countries. And every time I went to another country, I would do whatever I needed to do there for work. But then I was always on the side. I was like, but where's the mountain biking here? And so it was always this underlying question for me that was more just my own personal interest. But then it quickly started turning into this, you know, in, in, in Costa Rica, it was really hard to find the mountain biking. I, I think I did about 10 years of scouting to finally be able to put together the trips that I have now. And part of that is because the sport has evolved over time in that country. 
But yeah, basically I decided I wanted more mountain biking. And so I designed some trips and started selling them through Earth Visions. But really the the essence of what Earth Visions is, it's it's more it's it's custom trips for, for couples and for families and for small groups and it's multi-sport. It is more active, but it's not necessarily a group of mountain bikers. And so the the synergy wasn't totally there. And so I decided to create what is now Ride the Earth, which is I decided my mountain bike tours needed their own brand. They needed their own vibe. They needed their own energy. And so I created Ride the Earth. And and that really has, you know, with Ride the Earth, I do I do trips for they, they are I do many co-ed trips. I do intermediate to advanced trips in a variety of destinations, but that's you know, to circle back around to the conversation that you and I had, it really kept coming up for me because I I started doing this women's mountain bike and yoga trip in Costa Rica. And, you know, and, and I noticed it, you know, when I was younger, mountain biking in Montana, there was definitely like I try and get my girlfriends to go mountain biking with me. And there's always this level of intimidation with that sport. Um, there's a lot of ego involved in it that that has evolved over time, but it it is, there is some level of that within the sport and it can be very intimidating. And so, you know, I started having these conversations about the women that were coming down to this, this trip in Costa Rica with me. And, and there was a common theme that was in general, they, they loved biking and they really loved this experience in Costa Rica because there was no, nobody pushing them to, to try harder, to ride something that was way outside of their comfort zone. And, you know, and a lot of them, their main biking partner was their partner, their, their husband or their boyfriend or something. And which was in the other person is usually a male. And, um, and it just, you know, it became known to me more and more over time that women, women just need to be provided with the space to find the love of the sport on their own and not have it kind of pushed on them. That whole like, you know, Oh, just follow me. It's easy. It's like, well, that's, that's not how you, you know, give someone confidence. Just, you know, there is an element of sure, follow me and I can show you the line, but there's, there's a lot more to it than that. And so I started doing mountain bike skills clinics uh, here in Bozeman and, and big sky locally in Montana and initially I really wanted to do it here in Montana because of growing up here and recognizing that there were so many, there's so many active people here. But again, that dynamic is a very real dynamic that still exists. And so it's kind of become a goal of mine to provide an opportunity to get more women out on bikes and show them that they are competent on their own two wheels and that you know, that they can then go and ride with their girlfriends or ride with their boyfriend and and have more fun and not have to just walk the hard sections and try and run and catch up because that's not as fun. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That takes some of the joy out of it. I am thinking of my best friend that she fell into mountain biking because she has two sons and her husband that do it. And I, I was like, oh, this is so surprising for me, like seeing her in this role. But now like she loves it. It brought out a part of her that I don't think she knew existed. And it's definitely that strength and that confidence and that kind of fierceness and 
now she um, is like one of the coaches for the mountain bike team. And she is also part of a mountain biking organization in Utah where, you know, she's getting encouraging people out. I really am very inspired seeing her as a role model in mountain biking. And so I think it's really valuable to get other women out there and talking about it and that that will bring even more women to the sport or to this as a, as a hobby to just get out there and enjoy it. And I think in terms of travel, it's really interesting too, because the way we travel on a bike, whether it's a mountain bike or a road bike, like you're really connected to the destination. You're literally connected to the earth and you're moving slow and it's not like hiking where you're like very immersed. You're moving through it and you can see a lot of things, but you're also very in it. And I wonder for you, like as someone who's traveled a lot in a different, different ways, what does riding in another country offer you? I'm, I mean, for me, there's, there's a lot of sides to that. That's actually a very multidimensional question because there's, there's the there's the element of challenge that goes into mountain biking and it's just getting up that hill right all of the hills that get you to the really fun part um and and i i personally love the climb as much as the downhill because that's that place where i i'm quiet i'm in my head i'm focusing at where i'm going and and i think you worded it really well when you're when you're in a foreign country you're 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 in it you're immersed in it. And that can mean different things. I've had exciting moments in the jungle where I'm on my bike and it's, there's snakes out there and it's, you know, it's a different head game versus, you know, in Montana. Um, although in Montana, depending on where you're at, you might be thinking about bears too, you know, but, uh, but there's, there's those elements, there's the wildness of it. But, um, but there's also that, that side of that has always inspired me from the moment that I started mountain biking is that you can cover so much ground in a day. And, you know, growing up around Bozeman, I would, you know, hike to Alpine lakes and things. And it was, it was really amazing, but just the, where you can go in a short period of time, or if you want to go for an entire day, the, the amount of ground you can cover, the amount of landscapes that you can see is, is really quite amazing and powerful. And, uh, and I think there's a whole other element of challenge when you take yourself out of your comfort zone. And, and that can be like, for me, mountain biking, there's so many elements of that. It's just the challenge of the technical side of the sport in and of itself that can take you out of your comfort zone. But then, like the example I just used of biking through a dense jungle, that as a Montana girl, that's outside of my comfort zone, <laughs> much like trying to surf. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that's a part of it. It's, it's uh, you know, there's a freedom to it as well. And so I think for me, it's personal challenge, it's freedom, and then it's that raw way to connect with your natural environment. I think all those things that you just said, too, are really all of the things that I look for when people talk about wanting to have a powerful travel experience. It's kind of all those things you said, like that challenge, that connection, that vulnerability, and then that rawness, like of really being somewhere um, like that at the end of the day is what's going to 
have you come home transformed or aware or more deeply connected to yourself and for people that are maybe curious like how do we tap into all this serendipity and magic that we're talking about like I think that this process actually just puts you there and and maybe that's you know a little bit of it is that you kind of have done that inherently as a as a traveler and a hiker and the way you travel and the way you see the world you've been open to that but I think this really allows people to access that within themselves. And like you said, kind of getting wild and getting just like free, there's, it's just a a part of ourselves that we kind of put away like Christmas China and it only comes out once in a while. And I think the ability to just really embrace that fully is something that is really magical when you travel and when you combine adventure and travel as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's, And there's another element too that we haven't even touched on that I think is very special in terms of the sub mountain biking specifically is there is a huge amount of camaraderie within the sport. And I mean, to the point where, you know, in the spring, when I'm doing my spring pilgrimage to Utah to get away from the snow in Montana to go ride in the desert and it's, you know, you're waving at total strangers on the, on the highway. Cause they also have a bike rack with a couple of mountain bikes on the back, you know, and it's that, that, that silent, like, Hey, yeah, yeah. We're on the same page, you know, and it's, and that is a whole other powerful element that comes when that that's something really that I'm passionate about when it comes to bringing people together in a foreign country to explore together it's, you know, let's all get on bikes and, you know, go ride through, ride down an ancient Incan trailway and, you know, and then have a cold beer at the end of it. There's, there's something, there's something wild there, but there's also human connection there. That's really awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge part of the sport in and of itself. Yeah. I love that. I, I can, um, I can also relate that to last year I trained to hike a 14er. And so like being on the trails and then having that experience of hiking and like, you know, meeting people on the way up and on the way down and that like, you've got this, you're, you're good. Like you're going to make it. It's so worth it at the top. And, and kind of like the, like when you come off the mountain and you see someone afterward at the grocery store or the gas station and they're like, Oh, you did the thing too. And um, I, I agree that that sense of connection that comes from that shared experience is really, really powerful. And I think, again, this community and connection are things that people are really craving, especially right now. So I love that that is something that you really honor about, about mountain biking and about this, the way of travel that you're trying to create. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge driving force behind the women's mountain bike skills clinics that I do as well is it's, it inadvertently provide platform for women to meet each other. But it also the part that I think is really cool that I, I actually talk about a lot in, in my courses is it's such a common thing that the, the common dynamic mountain biking with a group of friends is everyone goes on the trail and they go ride. And there's always going to be little technical sections and every group is going to have variability in skill level. And, and inevitably it happens that, you know, one or two riders up front will just ride over something technical. And then maybe the couple in the back 
you know, might try it, put a foot down, get off, walk, get back on and keep going. You know, somebody might just skip the whole thing. And then every time they do that, they ride it the same way. And, this, you know, people might be trying to do it, but they're just trying to come around a corner to hit something technical and expect to get it on the first try. And that's not necessarily how you grow your skills. And I, and the psychology that happens is when you're in the back of the pack, you think everyone is just riding everything and going super fast and you're the only one back here putting a foot down. And so you can kind of spiral in these directions in your head when really, when you take a group of people and you go to a tech place on the trail and we'll session it and we'll talk about it and we'll discuss different lines and people realize that that they're scared of the same things or that they've all walked it for the same reason. And all of a sudden we break it down and we figure out how to ride it. And somebody realizes it's actually been in their wheelhouse the whole time. They just needed a different perspective or a different, they just needed an opportunity to try and figure it out because it's really just a little puzzle on the trail. And so, so that's a big thing for me is, is, you know, providing this opportunity for people to just expand their comfort zones think outside the box and actually give themselves a little bit more credit than they were giving themselves before. Yeah. I, I really love that because I think we do that to ourselves. And like you said, if you can't see the people who walked before you and that's in mountain biking, that's in owning yeah. a business, that's in so many things. You only know your experience. You don't know who's around the corner, who's up the next bend or down, you know, we just assume they did it with ease and we're the only ones that's not getting it right. And then, so it's so helpful to bring people together, to break things down, to inspire others, to just like, you know, try things a different way, see things from a new perspective. I feel like there's about a million mountain biking to life metaphors that we've come up through. (laughs) I'm scrolling that in my mind right now. I'm like, should I write a book? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Julie's announcing it here first for next <laughs> serendipitous moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, it really, it really is amazing to 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 look at it like that. And um, I think that's really powerful too. Is there's uh, ways that people, I mean, people use metaphors for a reason. Is like we can understand that thing, and then we can pull it back, and we're like, oh, okay, I can see how that relates to this other thing. But um, it's very teachable. And I think that's, again, why like this kind of travel and community and connection and adventure, like all help us really grow as people is because it doesn't just live on that mountain. It lives everywhere. Yeah. And that's, I mean, really that everything that I was just talking about relative to mountain biking in and of itself is a metaphor for travel. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of where I see myself more of a facilitator of experiences and less of a tour operator, if you will, you know, Mm -hmm. which technically that's what I am, but, but it's, you know, anyone can go and get on a plane and go somewhere, but putting together the logistics is hard. So I find, you know, I'm more of a catalyst where I put together the logistics to create this experience for people. But really what ends up happening is people are going outside of their comfort zones you know, and they're discovering that it's totally in their wheelhouse, or they're just allowing themselves to be comfortable in a space that otherwise would be very stressful. And when you create a comfortable space in an otherwise stressful environment, you allow yourself to just let the information come in, you're more open, and you're more receptive. And I think those that's when travel becomes really powerful. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. Well, I feel like we hit on so many amazing things in this conversation. And as the last time we spoke, I feel like we could just continue to speak forever. (laughs) Um, But I am going to bring this part of our conversation to an end. Um, Before we move into the rapid fire questions, Julie, if people are interested in your um, clinic, mountain bike skills clinics, traveling with you, where do they find information about doing all of that? Yeah, so um, ridetheearth.com is my website where I do my mountain bike trips and also my skills clinics there. Uh, the skills clinics are, are the Women's Shred Fest in Costa or in, not Costa Rica, in Copper City and Big Sky, which are both about half hour to an hour outside of Bozeman. And then uh, my custom trips are on earthvisionstravel.com. Excellent. I keep hoping that I'm going to be in Montana at the right time one of these days to do this because I would really love to get back on my mountain bike, which I just ride through the neighborhood with my kids at this point. But I'm like, I feel like I could maybe get confident to do that again. So meeting you has definitely reignited that in myself. (laughs) Well, I hope it works out. Yeah. And my skills clinics are for all levels. I, I split everyone up into groups. So there's usually a beginner group, an intermediate group, and a more advanced group. So it's all about kind of putting people in with a pod of folks that are kind of at their levels. So, um, okay. So rapid fire, rapid fire ish questions. Um, what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires you to adventure? Hmm. Ooh. Okay. Question. Maybe we'll take Indiana Jones off the table since we already. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, Indiana Jones. I have to say, going back to my childhood roots, Indiana Jones has definitely been an inspiration for me. I even when I first started college, I started as an archaeologist. <laughs> oh yeah, I had that. I took a yes, sat in that archaeology class as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, if you think of another one, you can share it later, but, uh, what is always in your suitcase or backpack when you travel? Hmm. I always have my journal with me because, and it's, and I don't always journal my stories there, but it is a place where I, I write down notes. It's where I can log the people that I meet along the way, the connections that happen and a place where I can quickly jot down memories. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it used to be a camera and now it's my phone because I, on the side, I would say I'm an amateur photographer, but I love, I love photographing my experiences. Yeah. And I think the journal is such a a great thing because we, we think we're going to really remember all the details and we just don't. And so it's so helpful to have that written down to come back to later. So, um, what has been your favorite destination? You know, that's, I get that question a lot. Um, and I have different answers to it for different reasons. Um, the, I think the place that has always been most impactful to me was Bolivia. I I've been to Bolivia about five different times and it's the, it's the richness of the culture. It's how genuine the people are, no matter where you come across them. It's, I mean, the landscapes from the high altitude down to the, the tropical Amazon basin. I mean, it's just such the diversity there in 
geology and geography and culture is just impressive. And it's, it's a very poverty stricken nation and that has also had an indigenous president. There's just so many fascinating things about that country that um, I'm always wanting to go back. Yeah. It's been on my list of places. And I always say like the next time I go to Peru, I'm going to also go to Bolivia and I haven't made it happen yet. That was supposed to be the next time that didn't happen during the pandemic. So we'll see. Hopefully it will be the next time. Um, Where do you still long to visit? Uh, Let's see. Very high on my list is Greece. And I I think that goes, well, that's, that's a couple of different things. Um, I, I love unique hotels and I love food. I'm a bit of a foodie and I also love good wine. And I know that there's unique wine that you can't find other places in Greece. And um, I I, want to go explore there, but it's also connected to just my fascination with ancient history. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when I was in, when I was in college, I had lots of people that were going to Europe to, you know, backpack through Europe and, and I went to Latin America and, and uh, backpacked through Latin America. And so as I've gotten older, I'm more intrigued by Greece and Rome and Italy. And so that's yeah. where we are now. I haven't been to Europe yet, which seems like the weirdest thing to say. Oh, neither. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we're going to have to go. Maybe we should go to Europe together. <laughs> like we've been, I've been everywhere else, but I haven't been there. Um, and also my kids, they always say like, I want to visit, visit ancient Greece. Can we go there? And I'm like, well, I mean, that's ancient Greece. So no, we can go to modern Greece. And they're like, no, I really go to ancient Greece. And I was like, I really know how to explain the difference to you. Yeah. But yeah. I'm like, well, I guess we'll just go and you'll see. But um, let's see. What's the next? Uh, what do you eat that immediately connects you to a place that you've been? Oh, Probably pineapple or avocado. Uh, I, and I think I think avocado probably because I'd like to say papaya, but you cannot get papaya that tastes like the papaya that I'm talking about unless you're actually in Latin America. But avocado, I think, because, you know, growing up in Montana, the um, the produce has to travel a long ways to get here. And I will never forget getting to Costa Rica and eating fresh avocado and pineapple and papaya and just the experiencing the richness of those that produce. And it's just, it's like no other. Yeah, I can, I can certainly relate to that. And I avocados don't Avocados are just I not the same anymore. I had an avocado <laughs> until I moved. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't something that was commonly brought to grocery stores where we lived when we were young. And I remember, like, driving by a fruit stand in Costa Rica and just smelling it and being like, what is that smell? I'm like, this is, oh, this is what fruit smells like when it is where it's from. And it does, it tastes like, um, like nothing else. Who was the person that encouraged or inspired you to set out and explore the world? Um, you know, my, my mom, in a lot of ways, um, I, I had this wanderlust and I would 
come to her with all these ideas. Now I want to do this. Now I want to do that. And she never squashed my ideas. And when, uh, when I wanted to move to Chile, you know, her answer was, well, you figure out the logistics and we'll see what we can do, you know? And it, and she always kind of just gave me the platform to keep dreaming and that if I really believed in it to make it happen. And, um, and I think that was, that was a, a diving board for me. Yeah. It's really important. I think, uh, the last one, if you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real alive or past, who would it be? My husband. Mm. <laughs> so good. He's my favorite adventure partner, mainly because it's always so full of laughter and he is down for anything. And he loves to follow my crazy ideas when I'm like, Hey, let's go do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Julie, thank you so much. This has been such a fun conversation to share. So I appreciate you sharing your journey with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the soul of travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book Sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Soul of Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.